Welcome back to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. On the Balancing Act, we talk to business leaders and industry experts to explore the balancing acts we play in our professional lives and learn about the events that put rocket boosters behind their career success. Today, we have Roberto Reef joining us. Roberto is the founder and CEO of ScholarU and is the former executive director and head of data science bootcamp, Metis. He and I also work together at Kaplan. He holds a PhD in biomedical engineering from Boston University. And welcome to the show, Roberto. Thanks, Andy. Very excited to be here in your podcast. Yeah, thanks. So before we get started, we do this with all our guests. Please tell us your story. Well, um, I grew up in Caracas, Venezuela, where I lived until uh, I, after college. So I studied electronics engineering, and then I moved to the United States. And here is where I had lots of opportunities to work in several areas. So I have worked in the academic cert, uh, areas. Uh, so I've worked at Boston University and the University of Washington. I've worked in large corporations like Microsoft and Kaplan and several startups from medical devices, wearable technology, Internet of Things. And most recently, uh, I started a company called ScholarU, which is focused on data analysis trainings, uh, specifically utilizing practical skills. So people are learning and building things at the same time. Well, I'm really excited to hear where ScholarU is going, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later in the show. Roberto, if there was one event in your life that just put rocket boosters uh, under your career, what would that be? Yeah, um, it's hard to pinpoint one specific event. I think uh, in general, uh, the opportunities that have presented uh, to me have been nurtured by the people that I've worked with. So for whatever reason, people just trusted me and saw something in me and just gave me opportunities that were at the time way beyond uh, the scope of what I thought I could do. But they saw something in me and said, you know, try this, which is way outside your comfort zone. And uh, let's see how you do. And, you know, thankfully, taking those types of opportunities are the things that have allowed me to grow in, in the business area and in my career. They saw something in me. Uh, I, I love that uh, because that mirrors my own story uh, so uh, so much. A uh, guy named Carl Swayzer, who we built the Swayzer study program with, uh, Roger Lighthold. You know, I can go on and on of these folks who, uh, for some reason, looked at me and thought that I could, uh, I could, I could do something uh, with them for them uh, that was beyond what I thought I was uh, going to be able to do. And yes. That is a wonderful rocket booster set of moments. Now, you've recently made the move from a leadership position within a global education conglomerate. Now you're back in the startup world. So let's talk balancing acts. Uh, for our listeners who may be thinking about striking out on their own, what's the most important balancing act that people must consider before making such a move? Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. Um, what's important is make sure you understand what you're getting into, right? Because when you work uh, at a company, you know uh, 
that there's a level of predictability. You know when the next paycheck is coming, where it's coming from, things like that. When you go into the startup world, uh, it's a, it's a whole different ball game. You're not clear where things are coming, how what thing is going to work, what thing is not going to work. So it's a it's a mentality of uh, experimenting. It's very scientific. So you try something, it doesn't quite work. You try something else. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, from the point of view of the balance is make sure you surround yourself with a network that will support you, whether it is your spouse, uh, your children, your family, your friends that really understand uh, what you're getting into and how that's going to affect uh, those relationships and make sure that they're on board because that that's really key in being able to succeed in, in an area like this. So yes, the the network effect. Uh, I'm I'm also uh, you know striking out on my own after 22 years uh, at Kaplan and having uh, folks like you being able to come on the show and uh, and and support uh, my journey. It, it, I can attest to that. So so thank you for for that. L- let's shift gears to your specific career arc. What's the most important balancing act? you've played that's contributed to your personal career success? Um, Well, there's a lot that can be said about uh, work and life balance. But when I talk specifically about the choices that I have made, I think the big balance has been between fear and excitement. Um, Every time I have a new opportunity that comes my way, whether it's a new project, uh, a new job, a promotion or something like that, First, you want to be very excited about it, that you you see value. You want to get your uh, hands dirty working on that uh, new project or, or new job. Um, but you also want to have that level of fear of being able to say, well, this is maybe outside of my comfort zone. How do I tackle this and know that because of that, that's how I'm going to grow? Um, the fear comes sometimes from imposter syndrome, and sometimes it comes from Am I going to learn the gaps uh, that I have in in my knowledge or in my skills quick enough and efficiently enough to be successful? Um, So you really want to have a little bit of both when you're making those decisions that are going to be sort of like you said before, career boosters. Let's just expand for a moment on that phrase, imposter syndrome. I've felt it. You know, you've indicated that you felt it. How have you navigated through those feelings of, I, I don't belong here. What, what the heck am I doing here? Yeah, yeah it, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, me specifically, I take, uh, I take a lot of notes. I have like a diary of things that keep happening. So, for example, in the specific case of Scholar U, we're just a few months in. Um, and I'm just keeping notes of all the challenges I've had to overcome. Um, but if you ask me right now, I can't remember of a specific challenge. It's only when I start looking at my notes that suddenly I'm like, I remember this really big issue I had and I had no idea how I was, I was going to solve it. But eventually we solved it. We moved on and it's no longer in the back of my mind. And every time I get a new challenge, I like going through that and reminding myself it's not just what's ahead, but you have to also look back and say, these are all the things you've been able to overcome. So if you're, you want to prove that you can do things, amazing things and big challenges, look at the history of successes you've had and believe and trust that you'll be able to do the same uh, with the new challenges you have ahead. 
Yeah, I think also, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, the scientific method uh, mm-hmm. before and the, the ability to, to really tap into the, those critical analysis, critical thinking skills, uh, honing, in my own experience, honing and nurturing those elements, uh, those quote unquote soft skills uh, can, uh, can really help navigate help have helped me navigate through those feelings of imposter syndrome okay i don't belong here uh but how can i break this down into smaller component parts so that i can learn grow and feel like yeah i i i do belong here so uh i I think that's going to be very valuable for for our listeners Roberto, after our commercial break, we'll take a very short one in just a moment. I'd like to focus our conversation on the world of data science and analytics. Uh, we, we had a series uh, late last year uh, on uh, data science and analytics. To set things up, uh, give us a short primer on your vision for the business you're starting, Scholar U. Yeah. So uh, the idea behind Scholar U is after talking with several uh, business managers, business owners, uh, employees, where everybody has an agreement that there should be a better way of making uh, data-driven decision-making. There's data everywhere. Um, The challenge is people don't know how to harness that data and find insights. So the vision behind Scholar U is to create uh, training programs that allow individuals and corporations to learn the right skills so they can analyze their own data and make uh, either business decisions, product decisions, and so on better. Um, And and again, the the big focus is that it's utilizing practical skills. So it's not just, you know, watching a lecture. It's more about let's try to solve a problem. And the analogy is, you know, you're sort of uh, flying a plane while building it at the same time. So it's very chaotic and very messy, but that is sort of the, the, the way that your brain is going to really understand the challenges. It's not just learning theory and then applying it in practice, but it's sort of doing both at the same time. Yeah, I, uh, uh, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I, why I wanted to have you on the show is the experiential, the practical nature of what you're building at Scholar U. And I was personally very heartened uh, er- earlier this week, I read an article about teaching math and how the, uh, and the, 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 the upshot of the article was uh, we're finding success teaching math by not just dr- driving the theory home, but actually looking at solved problems, uh, both the wrong way and the right way, quote unquote, uh, and, and folks are, uh, and students are learning more from looking at problems that, that have been solved, uh, and really getting their hands dirty. And that's the way I learned. That's the way I really learned math. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited about where you're going with Scholar U. So, we're going to take a really short commercial break, and we'll be right back with Roberto Reef. I'm Andy Tempty. My new book, The Balanced Business, is scheduled for release on October 3rd. This book blends everything I've learned over the last 35 years and details the management operating system I would deploy if I could go back and do it all over again. 
The Balanced Business is a practical, real-world guide to help businesses achieve long-term success that's built on a culture of trust balanced with accountability. The Balanced Business is available for pre-order on Amazon.com today. And we're back with Roberto Reef uh, talking about the world of data science and data analytics. Roberto, as I mentioned in my first book, Balancing Act, I, I outline four key future-facing skills that every participant in the employment market should hone, in my opinion. They are financial acumen, business acumen, data literacy, and all manner of human skill. Can you help our listeners understand the why behind making an investment in themselves and growing their understanding of data and how it's used? Great. Well, um, I'm going to say uh, in today's employment landscape, uh, you know, investing in oneself is no longer a luxury. It, it's just a necessity. Uh, we have to be life learners. Uh, I remember that I was told, Back when I was in college, they, they said, you know, you've learned a lot, but half of what you've learned here, uh, you're going to learn that is not true as your career advances. So we just don't know which half is true and which is not true. So keep learning. You're going to have to be reinventing your skills and so on. Um, and specifically in data, that, that has become uh, very true. There's Certainly new algorithms that come out uh, constantly, new tools that are available, things that can do uh, other things quicker or better or more efficiently, et cetera. And uh, the important thing is, why do we use data? And, and the majority of it is to, to make informed decisions or develop products that help other people. And by understanding and having good data literacy skills and data analytics skills, um, you will be able to better understand who your current customers are and who your customers are not, or maybe who the customers you want to get that you currently don't have are there. Uh, maybe it'll help you identify new markets or new products and experiences. Or maybe you can read uh, reviews out there about your company or your products and really hone in and what you're doing well and what areas you can improve. Uh, you can support your employees. And most importantly, from a business perspective, it can give you a competitive edge against your competitors. So there, there's quite a lot there to unpack, but you know that's sort of a, at a high level where my thoughts are. You know, that's a great set of whys. Now let's move on to the how. And uh, here's an opportunity for you to practice your pitch uh, for Scholar U, but let's run a thought experiment. Suppose you have a corporate learning and development leader sitting right in front of you right now, what advice do you have for them to grow data literacy within their colleagues? Yeah. So uh, usually the way I approach uh, these types of relationship is really trying to understand um, what are they trying to accomplish. So, for example, you can go to a business leader and say, if you had a magic wand, uh, what question do you want answered in the real world? And once we can narrow that down to maybe one question or just a, a handful of them, we can start going a layer deeper and say, how would you answer this question? What data would you need? Uh, do you have that data available? And if you have it available, is it accessible? And do you trust it? If it's not available, can we collect it? And if it does, if we cannot collect it, can we use proxies? And then assuming we can solve that, the next layer is, 
do people have access to the data? Can they explore it? Do they have the skills to create insights, analyze it? Another layer, can we, can we model and make predictions or build products with them and so on? So as we go through all these layers, we can stop and identify, do we have the skills in each one of those components or are we missing them? And based on that, that's when we can start making recommendations of, well, these are you know, courses or products uh, or, or, or trainings that we can do to bring um, the better, more skills or upskill some of your current employees, uh, things like that. But the most important thing is, can we actually create an experience that is trying to solve now this problem we have identified? So again, that whole idea of uh, building while you're learning at the same time uh, resonates quite a bit there. Yeah, weaving learning into the flow of work uh, mm-hmm. is is really smart. Uh, let, let's take just a little bit of a, of a side tack on that. Uh, one of the frustrations that I know I've experienced personally and I've heard many others uh, experience as they're trying to uh, activate the power of their data is just how dirty data uh, can be, especially within uh, within a corporate environment. It's not where it's supposed to be. It's garbage in, it's garbage out. How how can a business get past those frustrations? How do you uh, get folks to be able to see, you know, you talked about proxies uh, before. A lot of folks just, they start looking at the data, they get super frustrated and they go, okay, there's nothing here. How do you get past that? Yeah. I mean, it's a cultural thing and it has to come from the top of companies where they prioritize uh, you know, data governance and and making sure that the, they have a, a good team of people, of data engineers, if you will, that are making sure that the data is in the right place, the right way, that they trust it. I cannot tell you how many times I've dived into data sets and suddenly, uh, quite recently, let me give you an example. Uh, I was working with uh, an analysis of flights and trying to understand uh, you know, how long flights took from one location to another. And when I was looking at it, suddenly I see that uh, the flights took negative time. They just had completely inverted the takeoff time and the landing time. And, you know, you, the only way you find this out is by trying to get in and start to do things with it and seeing how things are falling apart and breaking. Um, and it just happens all the time and it's everywhere. So we need to understand that it's there. Uh, But the second part, once we identify that that's a problem, is how do we create a culture that people are just not quickly storing the data, but they're actually um, doing what I call sanity checks. And they're constantly looking at the data, making sure what's missing, does it make sense, uh, and things like that, and that they have support from leadership to, to actually do that effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just blindly trust that the data is in the form that you need it. Again, back to critical thinking uh, skills. Uh, Thank you so much for that. Uh, Roberto, as we start to close out the show, let's have a little fun. I I love this question. Uh, I'm giving you access to a time machine and you can send a short message to an early, early version of yourself. What would that message be and what previous version of yourself do you send it to? Yeah. Well, uh, besides telling myself which stocks I should buy, because I already have that knowledge, um, 
Uh, no, what I, I would really tell myself, probably I would go around, uh, you know, my, my college years around that time when I was getting ready to move into the real world from a professional uh, perspective and uh, understand that, you know, what comes next after college, you're not done with education. You need to create habits to be a life learner. Uh, and the big thing is embracing failure. Like we all hate failing. We don't want to do that, especially publicly. But really, that is uh, the best learning opportunity that is out there. Um, and then I would say nurture the network, you know, like every, every the people you work with, people you, you, you meet, just keep those connections. And I cannot tell you how many times I hear about people who know about amazing folks, but they just don't keep in touch. And it, it's just a missed opportunity. Um, and I would really hone in that, you know, the path is not always going to be clear, you know, so, so just have faith that if you're taking tiny steps uh, in the right direction, that at some point the blurriness is going to disappear. Yeah. All great advice uh, for the vast majority of us. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. Final question. What's next for Scholar You, What are you excited about uh, and what keeps you up at night? Yeah, I think uh, the most exciting thing is uh, just see how far we have gone in such a short period and all the hurdles we, we've had to overcome and, you know, just see, seeing where the company is, you know, obviously you start with this big roadmap for the year and then very quickly after day one, things already change direction. But as a startup, you, you, you can pivot very quickly. Um, but the, the important thing is like we're making, we're making steps forward in the right direction. Um, so, so I'm excited about where we are. I can see that uh, the demand is out there um, and the demand is much bigger than the supply. It's just really finding the right partners that fit within the mission of, of the company and the brand. Uh, I think what keeps me up at night is um, always weighing in the, the big decisions that we make. Sometimes uh, we have to say no to a lot of projects that are beneficial on the short term, but it are not what best aligns with us on the long term. And as a startup, it, it, it's tough to leave money in the in the table right now with the hope that uh, it's the best decision for the future. So really weighing those options uh, are challenging. But um, what's great is, as I've mentioned before, you know, having a good network of people that I can talk to, that I can bounce ideas and uh, that keep me grounded every time I make these types of decisions. So. Oh, that, thank you so much for, uh, for sharing that. Roberto, it was wonderful to, uh, to have you on the show, wonderful to reconnect. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. All right. Well, this is the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. We're available on all the major uh, podcast streaming services. Please like, subscribe, rate, and share. Today's show was produced by Nicholas Tempty, and we will see you next time. <laughs>